evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network, Roughneck Scars and Icarus FC. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a rough game, a rough rough outing against Bob Lilly and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, I was, I was going to go out to that game. I pulled back because of the weather. I think I made the right choice. Um, well, there's a, a little bit of lower division soccer news for us to talk about, uh, and, and we'll make some, I don't know if guesstimates is the right predictions, predictions on, uh, what might, what might be headed our way. And then we're going to preview the match tomorrow night, or I guess today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday against the Tampa Bay Rowdies joining me tonight, as always, it's Mr. Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. How are you? I'm doing as good as possible when it comes to this team. Oh, <laughs> I don't let this team get me down for sure. Um, I think it's disappointing when they lose. It's especially this was a, a really poor match. I think overall, I when you look at when you look at the 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 level of um, competition between you know, a team like Loudoun United and a team like Pittsburgh Riverhounds, I think it's pretty clear. It's the same kind of thing that we talked about um, uh, in the past with some of the other teams they've played so far. This team, it it just does not look like they are quite up to snuff uh, overall. There's a lot of young, inexperienced players. They have a a tough time when when teams bring things in a physical level. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think, did what anyone who uh, have ever watched them play against the New York Red Bulls too, um, what they would expect them to do, a Bob Lilly team. They, they were compact in defense. Uh, they were clinical uh, in their attacking moments, and th- they took care of business. Yeah, this was um, – now I know what for years what it felt like to watch uh, LA Galaxy 2 teams <laughs> um, because I, I, I just think that – um, and that's not meant as an insult to Red Bull too, but just like, what it's like to watch a team that has no veteran leadership on the field really get owned by a bunch of veteran players and a veteran coach that knows how to take advantage of those young kids. Yeah, I think I wouldn't necessarily say they have no veteran leadership because I think you see it from guys like Omar So or Mandela Egbo. Uh, who are vocal and who are are uh, doing their Those best? Those are children. I mean, like yeah, but they they are we're, young. We're They're old for this that, team. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. We're basing that on a curve of this team. Yeah. But remember that when when this team was at its height, results wise, they had players that had done it in MLS that had competed, and I understand that, like you know, maybe they were trying they were trying to earn their way back. And there was a bit of that, like, pass down of knowledge on the field. And they don't have that right now. And I think that that's one of the major, major drawbacks. And I think it's a major drawback of the fact of the way of the world right now that's affecting them more than anything else. Well, I think one thing that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the, the things that we didn't like in this game, I think, first. Uh, one thing that I noticed when you bring out a lineup that is sort of playing in a diamond uh, with Lacava and Nap on the wings, uh, and Raffanello as sort of the uh, attacking midfielder. I get what John was trying to do there, but it sacrificed a tremendous amount of defensive uh, ability 
in order to have those attacking pieces on the field. And there was so much space uh, in the Red Bulls uh, uh, between uh, the defensive line and the midfield line. And that's, to me, where the Riverhounds really feasted uh, whenever they attacked against them. They just they found space because there's just no cohesion in that midfield group. No, I, I agree. And I don't know if there's – and this is complete speculation, what I'm about to say, um, and complete opinion – um, but the I don't know if there is a mandate that this team needs to play closer to the system that Struber and the first team plays so that they can better assess the players. Um, but the formation that they play does not seem to fit the talent, not the talent, but the, the skills that are currently available to these guys. And I don't know if there is a... Um, there's room to adjust here and maybe they should, they, they really need to play a very different style that fits to what works best for them at the moment in order for them to gain their confidence. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And I think when you look at this group that we've seen so far, it's hard to really figure out what is the best combination. Uh, they have, they seem to have an okay back line. I think that they get beat and have been put under a lot of pressure because of a lack of midfield cohesion. You know, uh, when that piece fails, it really stresses uh, both sides of the ball. It's hard to transition into attack. It's hard to defend if you're continually uh, giving up the ball in bad spaces. And I think, I think that with with who they have to play, um, e- even in their older formation like if they're playing a 4-3-3 they have to figure out a way to protect the back line and to be a little bit more defensively responsible uh, before they turn over the ball that's something that the teams that played under Chris Armas in MLS had a lot of trouble with Uh, they were a little bit more uh, possession heavy like the Red Bulls 2 were the other night Um, but their pressing was a little bit erratic uh, not necessarily by design here, uh, but when you're kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off, ball turns over, they've got numbers, you're giving up a lot of space, there's a lot of recovery that goes into trying to shut down those opportunities, and it's just not there for such a young team. Yeah, I, I, I think that one thing that in, in particular they're missing is they're missing a... Um someone that slows the game down right above the defense. Mm-hmm. And, and like, unless you're going to play three center backs, um, you, you need that force in the midfield, somebody that can fall back and act like a pseudo third, third center back if necessary. And instead what you have is everybody kind of looking to make the dynamic play moving forward. Yeah. But when, when, when you make that mistake, what you're left with is nobody that can track back to make up for the mistake that happens. Yep. Um, and, and, and that, and we've seen that happen way too often and teams, Bob Lilly's team, essentially what they did was pounce on that and not necessarily break to make a, um, a counterattacking effort, but be able to reset themselves and be very calm after each mistake and know that we're just going to wait for them to make a mistake out of the back. Yeah, they they employed a lot of really good uh, uh, 
uh, overloads and use triangles to kind of uh, create a numbers game that was almost always beneficial for them. And like I said, there was all that space that um, Edelman left behind him uh, while, you know, the, the ball was getting turned over. I think, I think overall not great. I want to talk about a couple of uh, things I did like. There was a couple of moments, I think, between after the second goal, between about the 30th minute to the 40th minute, where this team looked like they had finally woken up I think Pittsburgh, you know, dialed it back a little bit. Um, and, you know, they were just kind of looking to get to halftime. Um, but the Red Bulls managed to to find some really good opportunities. I mean, overall, what did they have? They had 10 shots in this game, four on goal. Not the best numbers, but uh, uh, certainly enough to compete. I mean, they had the same number of shots on target as the Riverhounds. Uh, you know, just maybe a little bit unlucky at times. Uh but that really only lasted the, those 10 minutes where they looked like they could claw themselves back to the game. By the time they came back out at the half, I mean, the weather was atrocious and it, it just looked like, you know, heads were maybe down a little bit and a result really was too much to ask for. That that final goal was really a, a nail in the coffin. Yeah, I mean, we also have to be real about one thing, like the... The, the elements played a very major factor in this game. For sure. It was ugly out there. Um, but at the same time, like, this is a learning experience for, 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 for this team. Um, this is how you need to come through it. And, and they have not been able to come through the other side very well thus far. Yeah. Um, I hate to, like I don't I don't mean to beat up on this team or beat up on I, I don't think I don't think else. you're beating up on this team at all. I think but you're like, being very fair for, but for you know, what's they're, out they're there. Com- they're competing in league in, in in the second division of of this thing and, and results do matter and it's not just something that I'm saying, but it's something that John has said himself and John Wolnick has said himself and that the results do matter. And so we're getting to the point now where we have to be hypercritical of the results. Um, and how this progression needs to start producing. So tomorrow's game against the, or today, if you listen to this, um, <laughs> hey, the, that's the, not my voice. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Rowdies game is is going to be a a very major turning point in this season, good or bad. I mean, yes, there is. If 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 we're talking about must win games, this might be a must-win game this point in the season. I know it's very early, but they've got the the Rowdies on Wednesday. Hartford on Saturday. Uh, the next week, the Battery. And then four days uh, later, June 16th, Charlotte. That's a horribly difficult stretch. Two of those games are on the road um, against mostly the top tier of the Atlantic Conference. It, it's it's definitely going to be a rough stretch, and it's hard looking at it right now to imagine them getting, you know, more than a point. Of course, they'll tie the battery. Uh, for, <laughs> that's just what will happen. Uh, but it's hard to imagine them getting full points in any of those other games. Uh, perhaps um, I, 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 you know, I I don't bet on games, but I would not bet on them if if that were the case. But I would, you know, to, to try to stay as positive as possible, I see why John and a bunch of other people have been so high on 
on this team because like you said there's 10 minutes where things look great the issue is how do you make that 10 minutes 60 minutes how do you make that 85 minutes and that's and that's the the big key to unlock here is how to get that confidence to be natural for a longer chunk of the game for sure i think that's a, a huge part they're they're in a place where it's trial by fire red bull in the past has preferred to uh, put guys in situations to succeed. Obviously, they can't really do that right now. And so this is a different type of development than we've seen in the past. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of results it yields. Do you have a player that you'd like to call out as uh, uh, having a, a an okay game? Somebody maybe that just stood out from, from the rest? I, I, I felt like I saw Raffanello a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and again... Try not to be so mean here, but like that's probably the player I thought of the most in this game. I I, I think that everybody, I think Bob Lilly really owned this team up and down this 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 time around. So it's 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 very difficult. Yeah, I I'm again going to call out Roald Mitchell. I thought that um, he put himself in a couple of very good spots. Probably deserved a goal in this one. Um, a shame that he didn't get it. Omar so uh, similarly, maybe a little bit uh, frustrated uh, for how this one played out. But so I think we, we, oh, Omar so is somebody that we really, really need to know where the floor is because we know where the ceiling is already. Mm-hmm. Like when, when we see him, we know that there's some awesome. His first touch is fantastic, and that's something that we don't get to see a lot in USL or MLS. But we really need to know where the floor for him is because there's moments where we're watching him and we're like, wow, you're not involved at all. And then there's other moments where it feels like he's the kind of player that can completely dominate a game. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those games where he was at times completely invisible, even in figuring out how to be involved in, in, in play. Yeah, I think that that was a product of having, you know, three strikers in attack trying to figure out how to play those those midfield roles not necessarily uh uh, gelling all that well um but i think in general uh when he operates best it's when he can run off the back shoulder when he can check back but he has service coming up to him and we really haven't seen that a whole lot this year Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, ho- hopefully we've got some better stuff. I'm sure that there's going to be some very difficult growing moments over the next couple of games. Let's talk uh, some weird news that came out today. We know about MLS Next as sort of the academy league that they've been touting. Um, now we've got a report from Jeff Reuter from The Athletic uh, saying that MLS is going to be adding their own uh, Division Three league. Uh, it's meant to be sort of a stepping stone between MLS next and the league. Maybe there's going to be new teams involved, not existing ones. Maybe there's not. What does this mean for USL? What does this mean for two teams in general? So I I think what it means for USL is there will be some minor contraction, but they're going to be fine at this point. I, I, the, the areas where will affect, where will really affect them are those MLS two teams that literally have two in their names um teams that are tangentially or staff wise associated with 
MLS clubs will probably remain the same. Um, previously Reno, now um, Vegas Lights, things like that I think will continue where the staff is run, is run by um, staff from an MLS team, but everything else is independent. Mm-hmm. The, the, the issue I think that, that's going to come up is where these teams feel the best place for development is because we are seeing now, especially with this division divided USL championship is that there is a growing gap between the teams that can and the teams that can't in regards to talent pool and resources. Um, for, for a lot of years, USL teams that were associated MLS two teams were able to get by with, giving the best that they had from their from their allotment to go out there and do what they can do. Now we're seeing increased investment from independent teams. We're seeing veteran players. We're seeing a crop of USL veterans like Canardo Forbes and people like that that I can think of um, that are defining what this league is and it's making its own identity. And those two teams don't appear to have a place in it at the moment, which is incredibly interesting and great for the league. Not great for a team like Red Bull, too, who's looking to use this as a development tool. It might not be a development tool in the next few years. Well, then, do you think that there's a likelihood that that like the, these two teams migrate out of USL? You know, you you talk about the health of the league, and I think at uh, the championship level, that's that's true. League One, I'm not so sure about. Uh, I think that there's a couple of clubs uh, probably doing okay down there, but uh, it's certainly a risky gambit to get involved in uh, for for some owners. And um, maybe that means that that MLS will take a safer route with those teams and move them to a different league. I don't know. I I'm certainly intrigued by the possibility of it, um, but I guess we're gonna yeah, have to wait and see. League One is a big what if right now, and I think that it wasn't a what if when before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that now it is very much that um, even USL with like USL Championship with with the format that it has, this was never the intention. No. no. For it, so I, I think we're, we're 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 seeing where things are 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 leveling out, but I think we were getting to a point even before the pandemic where we were seeing USL two teams struggle mightily in 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 this uh in this arena yeah yeah for sure uh it'll be interesting to see what happens obviously right now this is still just a report but usually jeff reuter uh is reporting on it for the athletic it's it's probably a pretty good bet (laughs) so uh i guess we'll see what happens there let's turn our attention to tomorrow night or tonight's game if you're listening tomorrow that sounds like a good version of me trying to do you. That's that's what I was going for. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies are coming into town. And woo doggy, this might be a real blowout in the making. I don't want to I, I don't want to uh, pass uh, aspersions on the Red Bulls, but uh, this might get ugly. 4-0-0 so far with an eight, uh, a plus eight goal differential. Um, all four of those games were at home. I don't expect them to do much worse on the road, to be honest. This is a very talented team. They've beaten Charlotte 3 nothing, The River Hounds 3 nothing, Phoenix 2-1. Miami 2-1. to 
That's their last four games. They're on a roll. Sebastian Guinzotti and Steven Dos Santos are their top scorers with four goals and three goals. Uh, assists are spread around with Forrest Lasso, Leo Fernandez, Lewis Hilton, and Gonzati himself. Uh, all of those guys have one, so nobody's really dominating in that area. Um, they're probably the best team in the early part of the season in maybe the league, I would say. Uh, certainly in the conference, there's no doubt about that. Former Red Bull 2 players Jordan Scarlett and Evan Loro uh, uh, holding down the fort there uh, with the Rowdies. And Neil Collins former players stepped into the coaching role. They're 37, 21 and 23 with him at the helm. This is a really strong team. They seem to be steamrolling over everyone. What do you see from them week in week out? What can we expect? Just domination. I mean, this is a team that last year felt like they were going to be champions and were denied the ability to compete for that. And so it's, Man, it's it's unfinished business. Would you say? Uh, yeah, this whole year, I think for them is is unfinished business. So it's it it's going to be rough for Red Bull too because their their goals are incredibly different than the goals of uh, of Red Bull two, and I think that that collision course means a beat down at this point for anybody that comes against them, as we've seen. I mean, look at, you just talked about it. Sebastian Gonzati. how many years has he been playing? Like, he was a New York Cosmos standout yeah. um, that helped them win championships. Um, and now here he is with another NASL cast off. Um, but they, you know, he, he's a veteran. Um, you know, Steven DeSantos as well. I mean, Leo Fernandez, another ex-Cosmo. Um, these are guys who, who have such an incredible amount of experience in these gritty physical games. It's, it's hard to root against them no matter who's on the other side. I do think it's funny you get ex-Cosmos with the Tampa Bay team. That It is incredible. <laughs> there have been so many of them. It's unreal. Uh, and to think the rivalry that was between the Cosmos and the Rowdies, uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of talking about they have different priorities. Tampa Bay looks at this season and it's their chance to prove themselves again. They know that they can get there and do the job. They were able to, I, I, I don't think that they were necessarily dominant in the playoffs in terms of, of blowing out teams, but they put on a, a great show. I think in all of the rounds of the playoffs, it's a shame that they didn't, uh, get the chance to to play the championship, and maybe this year they're they're just looking to to repeat. We know their backline is uh, very strong. I think the Red Bulls are going to really struggle against a midfield with uh, again, you know, veteran uh, players who, for the most part, will tower over these guys. Uh, it, I can't see this game being anything other than a blowout win for Tampa Bay. I'm hoping not, but I mean, I'm with you on that. Like, I just, it's maybe they haven't played many games on artificial turf this season. So maybe that's going to be a deciding factor. But um, I think the Charlotte Independence game, I think, was artificial turf. Yeah. But it's, um, it's, it's hard. I, I really hate to be so pessimistic about this. Or I should say, 2021. Anthony hates to be so pessimistic about this, <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's 
just I, I don't see a way out for this team in this game. Yeah. It, any anything that isn't a loss should be considered a massive, massive win for this club in regards to its development. Oh, fully agree. And you know, I'm not saying go out there and play for a draw, guys, but uh getting a draw against this team would be a big I think moral victory uh beyond anything else. I think that uh, any result here for the Red Bulls, like you said, is a really big deal. Let's get a prediction from you. Um, I think, unfortunately, this is going to be a three-one win for the uh, for the Rowdies. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not so sure that the Red Bulls two are going to score a goal. I think this is going to be an identical three-zero loss uh, to the Rowdies. Um, I don't have a full preview set up for, for Hartford, but we should probably uh, guess that game as well. We know what they're going to bring to the table. Last time out uh, against the Red Bulls, one nothing win. Or Sorry, it was a 3-2 win. It got a little bit um, uh, crazy there. Uh, the Red Bulls pulled it back a little bit, but uh, unable to see it over the line. What do you think, Anthony? Uh, in Hartford... Coming off a game, a tough game against the Riverhounds, and another game against uh, the Rowdies, what do you see for that one? Um, I that's a winnable game. I think that uh, Hartford is also undefeated, but they've only played three games this year. Um, I, I I think that that is very much a winnable game. They 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 are susceptible to allowing in goals. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not this team can can be pragmatic for long periods and to be able to get what they need out of it. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that that is a very winnable game against Hartford, who is not as good as maybe their record shows. Yeah. Hartford two Oh and one, they've only played the three games. They beat the Red Bulls, the opening uh, match at MSU soccer park three to two this year. They beat Miami FC or the Miami FC, sorry, one uh, nothing, and they've drawn. Wait, is, against... is, are they the Miami FC? Is they, that the thing? That's correct. They are the Miami FC. What the hell? <laughs> Just in case, there's the other FC. You know when um, when you were going to like a, a VFW punk shows back in the day, you would get those people oh, who were like the real, and then you know fill in the blank, um, for whatever like very generic name uh, that a band has like the real uh, uh curb faces i don't know uh as a guy who went to a lot of punk rock shows back in the day i have no idea what you, were you never about. had to deal with like bands that had the same name there'd be like ah. uh the swans with one end ah. and then the swans with two ends no i didn't go to those kind of punk shows who knows i'm just you know i'm 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 fumbling but, for but, names but here. But you're also Jersey punk and That's I'm true. New York City punk. <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah, real punk uh, versus New York punk. I, I, I um, did not say real <laughs> punk. I just said Jersey punk. Uh, yeah, I'm just messing with you. By the time I got into the scene, I wasn't even really real punk anymore. Come on. I was. Yeah, I, I, I just remember when Autopilot Off was called by another name that I won't say. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, A not so nice word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could top that, so... I think we can we can start our sign off. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein, and I am at Red Bull News RB News Network on Twitter. And go to Red Bull News Network to read all about New York Red Bulls, New York Red Bulls Two, Red Bull Leipzig, Red Bull Salzburg, and also soon now that you can watch them on Paramount Plus, 
the Brazilian Red Bull team, and I won't say their name because I'm still trying to remember how to say it properly in Portuguese. <laughs> uh, heck yeah, that sounds awesome. You guys should go there and, and give it a, a read once in a while. Um, they had a great win this past weekend to start the season. So if you have Paramount Plus, please give it, give it a look. Give it a go, guys. Um, and if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we're at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. We're on Facebook.com. In all of these places, I think we post once in a blue moon. So if you follow us, it's it's more like winning the lottery if you've seen a post from us. Uh, you can send us questions to, uh, to Facebook or Twitter. We'll take them there. I'm not 100% positive that the uh, RaisingBulls.com uh, address is still set up. I think that that might be down now. Um, we've moved over to Anchor FM, so we're not on uh, Podbean anymore. We don't have our .com. We just go by the Anchor FM slash Raising uh, Bulls uh, now. So not 100% sure that the questions will go through there. So if you want to send us a question, you can send it to us on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll be happy to go over it on the show. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm covering MLS, USL, Premier League, NWSL. Lots of great writers and podcasts over that way. Very much recommend checking that out. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for unique, completely custom kits for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Uh, they are the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, for Mr. Anthony Merced, thank you very much and have a great night. Mm-hmm.